right. Hey, everybody. It's that time again. This is Rob, and this is the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Podcast episode. Oh, shit. Do you have any idea what one it is? You're the, you're the, you're the tech guy that uploads this shit. Uh, 11 or 12, is maybe? It, it might be 12. I think it's 12. We'll go with that. If it's not 12, then somebody can tell us. But uh, we'll go with episode 12 of the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin, and joining me today, you guys are in for a special treat today. And I'll go ahead and apologize in advance for this episode, <laughs> but uh, joining me are two of my w- longtime workout partners. Say hello, Jason Marlowe. Hello, Jason Marlowe. And say hello, Caleb Stutz. What's up? Yeah, these guys are two of my workout partners, and um, since you guys are probably getting terribly bored with uh, listening to me ramble on for an hour or more at a time, I thought I'd bring some of the workout buddies into the office at gunpoint and force them to talk about lifting shit for an hour. And hopefully you guys will enjoy it. So uh, anyway, um, we just finished a really hard leg workout. So did you guys enjoy the leg workout? Enjoy? I wouldn't use that word. Exactly. <laughs> What's your definition of enjoy? <laughs> yeah. And wasn't there, a, wasn't there a guy that like made a comment a couple podcasts back about how uh, 40 minute warm ups or something like that? Yeah. Th- he... Uh, I don't know, it's something to do with we're talking about workout intensity and, uh, you know, it's high intensity, lower volume. And I mentioned that we work out sometimes, you know, that you can get a very, very quality workout that will build muscle. And you can even do that in under, I think I might have said 40, 45 minutes. And, you know, a lot of people agreed because they've been through this shit or their clients or whatever. But then we get a guy that, you know, came in and uh, said that that's nearly impossible to get mm. a quality workout in, in, in 45 minutes and then went on to discuss how his warm-up is 40 minutes. Well, whoever that guy is, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you an open invitation right now. Come on down to Original Workout and work out with us. You can pick, pick the day, pick the body part. Yep. I don't care. Yep. An hour, you'll be dead. Yeah, you'll be dead. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we've actually, how many times have we been – 40 minutes into a brutal workout, dying, dripping in sweat, you know, heart rate 180, you know, about to fucking die. And then we'll make the joke, well, warm up's over. I mean, yeah. could, could you Several imagine times. at any point starting, you know, after a 40 minute warm up? I mean, it's, no. that's, you do not have to do that. Well, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but uh, like today's workout, for example. What did we start out with? We started out with four sets of 25 hamstring curl. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't heavy, but it was adequate to where when you were getting past that 20 rep range, you were feeling it. And, uh, and then we uh, did four sets of that to get a really quality warm up. And how many guys today were training? Uh, four, four in the Three group. of us, and then Houston, you, and uh, so what? Yeah, five, actually, Ron, five, yeah, five total people. So mm-hmm. five guys. Houston was kind of there. Well, Houston's recovering from the scary flu. So yeah. he was, you know. He had a handicap today, but uh, five guys uh, training hard, and it took us one hour to get through legs. And I think we're all in agreement that we don't want another set. No. Uh, we're, we're cooked and we're uncomfortable, and as we should be after every leg workout. And if you're one of my clients listening to this and you uh, work train in a gym, you probably got a version of this leg day today where after we did the, the 100 hamstring curls, we moved to the leg press. Um, like a 45 degree leg sled, we, you know, we've got a Nautilus version, which is pretty cool, but, um, we loaded, uh, a couple of plates on that and you do 30 straight reps, no rest. And then you stick with that weight. We did another 30 reps, no, no rest. And then we threw another 45 pound plate on each side did another 30 reps. And then we threw another 45 pound plate on top of that. And then we did another 30 reps. And then of course, as it often works out with, uh, this group um towards the end ryan decided it might be a fantastic idea uh with the weight that we had on the leg press at that point to go ahead and do a drop set so i jumped on board as the guinea pig i think i got 15 and then we stripped a plate and then i got another 10 stripped a plate got another 10 and then at that point you know i told everybody to go fuck themselves i was done <laughs> and then uh so as then you, as you rolled off the leg as press. i fell off the leg press and crawled you know away from it and then i decided well, Ryan's not going to get the last laugh, so we jumped on the leg extension and decided to do single leg leg extensions, 10 per leg for three sets to finish things off. So it doesn't look like a ton of work on paper, but, you know, 
Tell him. I mean, we yeah. we. It might not look like it, but you get on the leg <laughs> press machine and you start moving that. Well, kind I of think weight. I think the thing that a lot of people don't understand is like it's not it's not that deal where you do a leg, you do a set, and you walk out and you talk to some people and you check your emails and you you know drink some water and see if it's raining outside. Come back in. It's like you do a set, you try to recover as best you can while the other guy's doing his set, and you're right back on it. Right. So it's not... Yeah, when we do our rotations, it's it's next man up. Yep. It's always next man up. So when I fell off the leg press, then the next man's on, he does his 30, then the next, and the next, and the next, and then I'm right back on to do my next set. So sometimes we're, you know, we're thanking God that we have four or five guys, because on those certain days when a few people don't show up, it may be two or three of us. <laughs> yeah. You know, 30 minutes in, we're hating our lives because we're going Especially really, really hard. Especially when it's only two of us. Yeah, and when it's two, it really sucks balls. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so to the lovely gentleman that said it's not possible to get a rough, hard, grueling, hypertrophy-driven, growth-producing workout in under an hour, <laughs> um, that's exquisite bullshit at a, at a pretty high level. So anything you want to add to that? I just think that, like I said, it just seems ridiculous because, like, at 40 minutes in today, I was ready to throw the towel in. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, oh my God, are you seriously doing leg extensions now? You know, as single I, leg, yeah, as you hobble from the from the leg press over to the you know the extension machine. So I just I thought that was humorous as I was sitting there thinking I'd like to meet this dude because he must be one badass guy. Is all I can say. That's well, I can't mean. tell because he's only got one picture and his entire Facebook profile of him doing a front double bicep with a T-shirt on, and every other picture is like a puppies and flowers. So I, I really couldn't get a good you know stock photo.com yeah. <laughs> we're, 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 we're just playing he maybe he just had a bad day yeah. you know i've said that in the past he might have had a bad day and he, he's rethought that stance so but if not stop in anytime you'd like uh and and we'll we'll put you through a workout and i've had a couple clients come in and i don't think anybody's ever been disappointed with the hour that we put in so. right yeah and it's i think it's worth saying that you know these guys with me today, you know, Jason, how long have you been training with me? Uh, 10, 10 years. God, I mean, yeah. you know, I've went on record in the past and I've said, I don't give a shit who you are. No one can convince me that you can get a better workout training by yourself than if you, you have a partner or someone there, a trainer, a coach, whatever. Uh, you'll always get a better workout because... I think we would all agree when we're all holding each other accountable yeah. or watching like, you know, if, if somebody says do 30 heavy ass reps, you're going to do them. You're not going to say well, that that's too heavy or I don't want to do it or it hurts. You're going to fucking do them because you got three, four guys, you know, holding you accountable and they're going to, you know, call you a pussy if you don't do it. <laughs> right? Because working out by yourself, you can get up and you can be like, okay, I'm going to get 20 reps here. And then you, you get in the groove of it and you're like, you're burnt at 15 and you, yeah. you drop the weight and you're like, well, that was good enough. But when you're around the other guys, you're like, well, I'm not dropping it on 15. I'm getting right. all 20 of these yeah, reps. And, and who is ever standing, you know, next to you at the leg press is going to say, stop being such a fucking pussy and push the weight. And then what really gets you is if like in my position, you know, and then, you know, Ryan, who who's been on the podcast before, one of our, our other partners, you know, we compete, mm -hmm. you know. So and then when somebody says, oh, it's third place. OK, then, you know, you're like, oh, fuck. so, you know, you, that gets in your head. So it's good having uh, guys that can hold you accountable. And the thing about you, Jason, you know, this, you know, we're going to talk about a lot. I'm sure today we'll, we'll dominate training because we're training partners and that's what we do. But I was thinking today, knowing you're going to be on the podcast. Do you remember? walking into my office years ago and laying your blood work oh, yeah. on my desk. Mm -hmm. yeah. And your triglycerides were like close to 700, mm -hmm. something like that? Yeah, it was six something. And then um, you know, total cholesterol was through the roof. Triglycerides were just astronomical. And I was like, you know, what can we do to fix this? And then that's when we put you on a ketogenic diet. Mm -hmm. more, a little bit more traditional ketogenic yeah. diet, which I think is what was definitely needed at that point. And... Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it six months to the day you brought in the mm -hmm. follow-up blood work and your trigs were down to like under 70 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, they were under 100. I don't remember the exact number, but under 100. Uh, total cholesterol was down to like 180-something. Uh, blood pressure was down way. I mean, everything was just off the chart better. And that was a dramatic change. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And how much weight? Uh, it, during that stage, did you lose? Um, let's see. I went from 280 to 224. So yeah. And Jason's a big guy. You know, he's he's a big, strong guy, and that's why it's great to have him as a workout partner because he pushes me. And then this other big guy next to me, Caleb, he's like 
my little brother slash, you know, stepson that uh, I never had. And uh, Caleb, you're 22. 22, yeah. And you started training. Wow, you're like still a fucking teenager when you started with me, right? Yeah, so when I started with you, that was almost six years ago now. Yeah. When, and I, when you, I first met you, because I, I was in high school and I had just, I just broke my ankle and I was needing to like recover. At that time, I was doing like the whole CrossFit thing and everything else. And um, I, that's when I met Rob because like literally I just, I needed to rehab the ankle and I just wasn't getting any stronger and for, for you know, playing football and everything else. Because I was, at that time when I met you, that's when I went to the All-American game and everything else, but then broke my ankle. So yeah, so that's six years ago now. Yeah, and then we hit it off and became friends and became my workout partner. And then you went away to school yeah. and ate pizza. Ate pizza, <laughs> ate trash, <laughs> got really fat, really fat. And now you're back. And since coming back, how much weight have you lost? So when I came back from school, and let it be known, when I left Rob, I looked great. But I left. Well, let's not get crazy now. Well, he was, I, I mean, I looked better than Jason. He was getting <laughs> he was getting underwear model offers yeah. at that point. But I went to I went to school and I was weighing when I came back. I weighed three ten, really three eleven, and I weighed yesterday. I'm at two seventy right yeah. now, so, so forty. Yeah, forty some pounds, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. forty some pounds already dropped down, and that's only since um, Black Black Friday. Wow. Okay. So, so that's that's awesome. So yeah. So. Having good training partners is absolutely critical because I, I could not do what I do because, you know, when, when they come into the gym, we have our now infamous pre-workout party at <laughs> noon where we sit in the office and share our thoughts and feelings and drink pre-workout and um, pass a bag of beef jerky and uh, <laughs> occasionally a shot of Jack <laughs> and uh, get ready for the upcoming workout. And then at 1230, we hit it. And, and the thing with me is, is because of my weird ass schedule, I've been up since 3.30 in the morning, you know, my first client's at 5 a.m. and it's pretty much straight clients all the way through until these guys show up at noon, you know, 12.30. And then I've gotta be ready to hit the ground running and, and train my ass off at that point. Sometimes I'd rather have a fucking mouthful of bees oh, yeah. than get out there and lift weights or train. And if, you know, this having that accountability is everything, so. Well, that's the thing, like even, even I know you're here constantly, but for us to come, it's like, okay, those guys are waiting for me to get there. Yeah. So no matter if I'm in a meeting, whatever it is, I drop it and I'm like, okay, I got to get there because they're waiting for me. Right. So, I mean, the, the accountability is a huge part of it. And, and conversely with me already in the gym, that doesn't mean shit. I'm back here on the big comfortable sofa in my office and there are days that if you guys didn't pop in, my head would be laid back on the couch and I'd be out, you know, taking right. a damn nap instead of training like I should. And it's because of that, that, you know, I've had the, you know, privilege of being successful in competition and all these things. And if it wasn't for having these guys to hold me accountable, none of that shit would have happened. I'm telling you right now. So. Speaking of that, I think this is the fourth competition. Yeah. The, the one we had, you had to drop because of the back injury. Right. But yeah, I think this is the fourth one yeah, I've been through you know, yeah. training. Four, four contest preps. Yeah. So, and uh, so we got another, we're dialing up another one and uh, we've got, I've got the show coming up at nationals in July. It's now July 24th. And then, Turns out I need to requalify, um, but that's not a big deal. So I'll find a show a couple of weeks out from nationals, jump in, do the 50 plus and requalify and then get ready to head to Pittsburgh. Mm. So Pittsburgh, and, that's the best place they could find the whole the yeah, nationals. No shit. I mean, they had, really? Well, they had it in Orlando yeah. because of COVID. Oh. Which I, I just wish they would have kept it there. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, less restrictions. Cooler governor, all that stuff. But um, yeah, and, and for me, I'd much rather just travel down to Orlando and sit by a pool in a hotel and prepare for the show than driving up to freaking Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. 100%. No offense, Caleb, Steelers fan. <laughs> but uh, Pittsburgh is a pretty crappy place, though. I've been. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to a game up there. I didn't enjoy it. No offense if we have any listeners in Pittsburgh. I'm sure it's a fine town. <laughs> I'm, but, sure, uh, I'm sure it's great. I've it's, never been it's there. It's not so. Orlando. I can promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> now, living 30 minutes away from Orlando, too. Orlando. You know, nicer. Nicer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Tall, yeah. trees. Just the know. climate. Just the climate itself. Is. Right. So anyway, we, you know, for, the, for those of you out there, take it from my partners. We train our asses off. So for you people that I'm torturing 
as online clients out there and you're listening, don't worry, I'm getting mine yeah. five days a week. Yeah, we and empathize with you, but we can we can relate. Yeah, they, we can all relate. So so it's it's not do as I say, not as I do. We, you know, we, we work really, really hard and tomorrow's chest and we'll dial it up again. So I'm looking forward to that. So anyway, um, that... And again, I don't. I have zero notes for today. There, there's no no format. I said, "Hey guys, jump into the office after the workout. Do a podcast with me. We'll see what we can come up with." So don't hold back. If you got something to bitch about, complain about, make fun of, reveal, share your thoughts and feelings, get something off your chest, turn this into a sappy therapy session. I'm fine with that, and I'm sure everybody out there would love something different than me. I mean, I've actually really enjoyed the uh, the Telegram. Um, the, oh, the that's key, right. That, yeah. that thing, like, I, I just keep it open on my desktop. And, um, yeah, that, that thing dings like every five minutes and I'll just, I'll just scroll through and read. And then, you know, if I happen to shut it down or, you know, leave for lunch or come here and go back, I've got like 127 comments. That's I'm right. Like, wow. Let's scroll through that thing. It's awesome. So everybody out there, if you're not part of our new telegram group, download the telegram app on uh, whatever app store or app platform you use. And, uh, what is it? You go to chats. Once you become a telegram you know, member or whatever or user, and you get all signed up, it's free. Um, go down to the bottom and you'll see the little chats icon. Click that. Up at the top is a little search bar. Just type in ketogenic bodybuilding. You'll see the very familiar skull logo pop up. Then down at the bottom, just hit join and you're in. We've got like 100 members right now. But the thing about the Telegram group is it's it's extremely active. Yeah. I mean, it, it just doesn't stop. Yeah. It's, From, it's like you said, I wake up in the morning at 3.30 and there's people on it. And I'm like, what the fuck are these people doing? <laughs> they got nothing better to do than talk about training and nutrition at 4 a.m. But then which, I forget there's different time zones and we got people overseas. Which so. that was one of the uh, the comments someone made on the uh, the podcast about, is it better to train or sleep? Ooh. That was a good, that was a really good question. It that caught my attention. Question. And I was like, okay, this, this person was working like 6 a.m., like, like 12, 12 hour shifts or something. Um, and I was like, man, that's a good question because I, I put myself in that same situation. I'm like, okay, I would want to train, but at a certain point, where do you say, okay, it's better to take two days off or, you know, do you change, do you change your split? Do you, you know, do a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think you get another job. <laughs> I think you've made a horrible <laughs> career decision. <laughs> And you're taking away time from training and sleeping. And I think that you just just chose a poor path in life. And I think you need to find a new vocation. That's what me and Jason literally leave our jobs to yeah. come and train. Fortunately, I have that I have that ability to, but yeah. Jason walks out, flips everybody off, says, fire me, bitches. And, uh, but, you know, Jason's got clout and uh, the place wouldn't run without him. And so, you know, yeah, I have thank that God he can get away with it. Yeah, I look at my owner right in the eye. My boss, I say, fire me. You won't, a.k.a. my father. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to let the cat out of the bag i was just gonna let you be a badass for a <laughs> no, no 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 no. it's okay we can just go ahead and i'm, I'm not that tough right? you know I, obviously with you know that's a question so i mm -hmm. think we should answer it but uh probably need a little bit more information but everybody has heard me go on and on about recovery oh. recovery is so critical another thing that i will say and i i didn't I didn't come up with this quote and I forget who did. I picked it up over the years and years of all d doing this for so many years, but the two most anabolic things you can do is eat and sleep. Mm -hmm. If you want to put on muscle, you know, the, the formula is, you know, you, you stimulate growth in the gym, you know, back to the lovely gentleman that said, you can't get a quality workout in 40 minutes. You stimulate growth, right? You don't have to completely just destroy yourself. It, it, it doesn't take two hours to stimulate a muscle uh, and, and stimulate, you know, stimulate the growth mechanism. You just have to tear it down and we don't have any trouble doing that shit in, in an hour or less even sometimes. So once you do that, then the process becomes, you know, to, to, to not only compensate, you know, regrow the tissue that you broke down, but then you have to overcompensate to create new muscle. And then at, well, at least for me and Jason at our age, you know, you want to hold on to every ounce of muscle that you possibly can. So it's about not only building new tissue, which as we all know, is not easy. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not easy and works like magic. I mean, you have to fight for every ounce of muscle you put on. So whether you're building it and then trying to hang on to every ounce you get, the key to doing that is feeding the muscle and letting it recover and resting. So, you know, most people are grossly overtrained. Most people train way too hard, or not way too hard, but way too much. Yeah. And they don't give the muscle ample time to recover and then, you know, have that overcompensation occur to create new, new tissue growth. So 
That's a that's a tricky question to answer. You got to train. So I guess the first thing I would say is how long are you training? Mm-hmm. So if this person does a 12-hour shift and is in the gym for an hour and a half, you know, you don't have to be in the gym for an hour and a half. Right. You could, you know, crush yourself in 40 45 minutes. You know, you you could do like Jason said, a 3-day split if that gets you more rest, or conversely, there's a whole other way to look at it. You could do a five-day split, train one body part, crush that body part in 30, 35 minutes, get your ass home, feed it, and go to bed. Mm-hmm. Which, and I know it's not a perfect world, and some people will say, well, I can't just go right to bed after training or whatever. You know, nobody's got the perfect solution to this dilemma, but, you know, both you know, training is critical, sleep is critical, nutrition is critical, so do whatever you got to do to make sure you get ample recovery. And you know, the jury's out in terms of the actual hard data and science as to how many hours or whatever. But I've just noticed personally for me, if I'm not getting seven, eight hours, mm. I, I just don't recover as well. I don't grow as well. I don't respond as well. So your mileage may vary. But uh, for that person, you know, I, I wish we had an answer, but you just got to kind of sort it out and find that happy medium to make sure you're getting enough. And well, to your point there about um, and actually changing up your split does a, a whole different deal, too, because this earlier this year, when we went to the five day and changed up our entire workout and changed body parts on each day for the first two weeks, I was exhausted, crushed. Yeah. I mean, every single day, just to yeah. the point of failure, couldn't you know walk out to my car and sit there for 10 minutes before I would, you know, start the car thinking, OK, I have to drive. Right. You know, mentally, physically just exhausted. But then it goes away after a little after your body becomes accustomed to what you're doing. Sure. You know, so that's it's an adaptive response. And and I noticed the same damn thing when we went from a four to a five. And that first week was horrible. Was I remember horrible. that. And but we got through it. And I remember falling asleep on the couch and then throwing a fistful of melatonin down my throat and going to bed at seven thirty, um, doing whatever it took. But, um, but yeah, you have to adapt to that change and, and, and you know, find what works for you, but, uh, don't do a 40 minute fucking warm up and waste a bunch of time, uh, jump, you know, warm ups. If you're doing legs and you want to warm up, do 15 air squats and then get to your damn workout. You're warmed up. Yeah. Do two or three sets of light leg extensions. You're warmed up, okay? Yeah. Does the lion limber up before it attacks the gazelle? No. Does some toe touches? <laughs> Son of a bitch just goes and eats the fucking thing. All right? It goes from laying there yawning to a dead-on sprint, attacks the thing, rips it to shreds, feeds a little to the c- cubs, and then takes a fucking nap. Yeah. That's the way you got to attack a, this that's shit. That's a good one. Get the shit done. Just Get yeah. the shit done. Yeah. You know, do, do a quick warm-up and then attack your workout with super high intensity Take every fucking set to failure, kill yourself for 35, 40 minutes, feed that shit some protein, and then let it grow. Yeah. Get your ass to bed, you know? The first time you ever told us about the, the Mike Mincer approach, I thought you were insane. <laughs> it was like, okay, we're going to do one or two sets, and then we're going to hit this extremely hard, a couple reps, till failure, and you're done. And I was mm-hmm. like, you're, you're crazy. This, there's no way that's going to do anything for us. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, I think we, we started on like a chest day, I believe. And I was like, oh, God, I'm going to I'm going to drop this on me because I can't do it anymore. You know, right. and, and then but that's it's, it's amazing. how It actually, truly works. And, you know, the 2019 prep, we did a ton of that shit. Yeah. And we'll and as we're coming into the new year, you know, a, a few months out, we're going to be doing a lot more of that. But that got such a good response from that. And, and what Jason's talking about, like an example, you know, Mike Menser, Arthur Jones, the high intensity training principles that has been, you know, manipulated a little bit. Dorian Yates has his version, but you know, the way we would do it is we would do a pre-exhaustion movement. And my clients are very familiar with this. Like we would do like a, a heavy set of band flies or dumbbell flies, and then immediately go into like a heavy incline barbell press or a heavy incline Smith machine press or something of that effect uh, to total fucking failure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you do that shit twice. I mean, <laughs> that's qualify failure. It's so hard to do yeah. unless you walk somebody through it. Most people don't understand what that oh, means. I, I know what it means. That means when they're actually pulling the weight off of you because you physically cannot lift it off yourself. And then, but, and you can also tell, you can tell when somebody is just, this hurts so bad. I don't want to do anymore. There's a difference between that and this hurts so fucking bad, but I'm still there's still just a little bit left and I'm going to give it everything I got. Most people don't like pain. Right. And I can't blame them. I mean, who likes pain, but you have to learn how to get to that point. Uh, you have to learn how to suffer. 
And you have to learn how to like it and appreciate it and understand that that's what's going to take to grow. And I'm one of these people that had this incredible, you know, honor of training with Mr. Mentzer one time and having two uh, telephone consultations with him. And you just don't understand when you've got this guru looking over you, calling you every name in the book, (laughs) every other word is fuck. And then when he looks at you and says, before the set, he asked me if I had children. Yeah. And at that time I had one son and this guy who I barely know, a legend, Mr. America, you know, says, so, you know, when we're doing the set and you get to the point where you think there's nothing you could do to get another one up, I want you to imagine that I've got my foot on your son's chest with a shotgun in his mouth and I'm going to blow the fucker's head off if you don't get another one up. Can I, can I be any more clear? I said, no, sir. <laughs> so, so when you're doing it, actually we did back as the, as the body part I chose and it was pullovers and reverse grip pull downs. We did that twice. And then we did some deadlifts, two sets. We did one other thing. He, he actually he actually threw in some biceps, two sets, and that was it. The whole workout took me under thirty minutes. Yeah. And I I laid there on a heap, and I you know I was so sore I couldn't move. My central nervous system was just completely shot. Mentally, he took me to a place that I never thought I could get to before. John Perillo did the same thing. I, I've wasn't it. Uh, have I, have I ever told the story of the belt squat? Oh yeah. I've heard it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, somebody was telling me I should say it on the podcast, but, yeah. um, um, John Perillo is another bodybuilding legend. He's a, a bodybuilding powerlifting legend, coach, uh, trainer, and his offices are in Cincinnati, Ohio. And he also has a phenomenal line of supplements targeted towards bodybuilders. And he also, was the first guy that introduced me to MCT oil, which I thought was cool because the ketogenic world sort of adopted it Mm. all these years later. And he was having his competitive bodybuilders use MCT oil when they were in a hard cut because they would take their carbohydrates so low, say, you know, six weeks out or whatever to get super lean. But he found that they didn't have the energy to, you know, push themselves through the type of intensity that he expected from them, even in a depleted state. And he's got, you know, a really phenomenal background in nutrition and, you know, and and all this stuff. And so he started uh, using the C8 version of MCT oil, which is a pure energy source. And it goes directly into the mitochondria of the muscle and supplies raw energy. And so he found that that was the perfect thing to supplement his athletes when they were carb depleted to give them energy through a workout. So he was doing some cutting edge shit that the ketogenic world has been using for the past 10 years, long before anybody knew what the hell a ketogenic diet was before it became popular. So um, I had the you know honor of working with him and would literally drive to Cincinnati um, to do these camps that he did. I did two of them. And we get to the camp and it's you know it's probably 15 people I would say who paid like 600 bucks to go do this camp and the very first thing we did I mean it was a weekend of training you mm-hmm. eat you train you eat you train that's all you did and you listen to a couple lectures and you learn some things but uh, he had this machine that you know he he built equipment at the time back then I don't know if he still does or not but he had a, a belt squat a lot of people know what a belt squat is but his version imagine you're standing on a platform your, your right leg and your left leg are on like a metal box and there's nothing between your legs. And so you stand on this platform and you hold on to this metal pole and the metal pole had like this handle on it with ball bearings and that handle would slide up and down the pole. And then he would put this big leather harness on you that would clip onto, he used hundred pound plates. <laughs> so he basically, and he had like these couple bodybuilder, you know, guys that worked with him kind of helping out. And he said, okay, we're going to do a hundred belt squats to kick off the camp. And I'm like, oh, great. So he demonstrates the movement and basically he would kind of eyeball you. And based on how big you were, your size, he would determine literally off the top of his head, <laughs> oh, you get 400 pounds or you get 300 pounds. He used hundred pound plates. And I think I was about 230 at the time at this particular camp. And he said, okay, you get 400 pounds. I'm like, I get what? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, yes, sir. And he's like, you're going to do 100 no matter what. I was like, and the thing was, now, I can't verify whether or not, I, I think this is was serious because I thought I saw two people leave. But he says, if you don't get through the 100 reps, you're done. You have to go home. Oh, wow. 
I said, well, shit, I paid a lot of money for this. And at that time, I didn't have any money. So uh, so I get on the belt squat. I got four 100-pound plates. I remember the first 20 reps distinctly because they were horrible. And I think I got around 20, 25 reps, and I'm dying. And he stops me. He unhooks the harness and drops a plate. So now I'm down to 300 pounds. I do another handful of reps, drop another weight. I blacked out somewhere around <laughs> 70 reps. I don't, I, there's a whole like 10, 12 rep range I don't remember. I just remember coming to consciousness with a huge jacked bodybuilder under my left arm and a huge jacked bodybuilder under my right arm who are force repping me through the last 20 reps <laughs> with a hundred pound plate, you know, between my crotch. And I get to the point where Perillo says 100 and, you know, he stops me, unhooks the harness. I literally fall like a sack of cement off the platform, collapse onto the floor, roll up into the fetal position. I'm looking around me. There's other people in the fetal position, you know, with puke coming out of their mouths. And we lay there and quiver for what had to be 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. And then when we finally realized where we were, he's like, okay, time to eat. So he brings us all into this giant room. And he's got this huge table buffet full of food and we cram food and, we get ready for the next workout. So, we so that's that failure. For, that's what failure. That's failure. Yeah, yeah it, it was fucking horrible. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. We don't do that with every set we do, but we do go to failure. Oh, yeah. We have crawled across this and, floor. And we, and we go to force reps. <laughs> yes. And we go to force reps. And we do heavy negatives. And yeah. we do stupid shit. And, you know, actually, Jason's in charge of the stupid meter. He's <laughs> terrible at this job. So, like, today when Ryan said, fuck it, let's do a drop set, that's when you should have thrown the flag and said, whoa, 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 we're getting stupid. Now we don't want to hurt, and but he didn't. Now I think if it's actually physically want to, you know, bring us harm, I will step in and say that's stupid. Let's stop. All right, I'll give you that. But I mean, you know, nine times out of ten, it's just going to be something that's going to hurt. That, you didn't say that when a thousand pounds was put on the. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where were you when Caleb wanted to leg press a thousand? We all fucking week? did it, didn't we? Yes, we, we did. did. Yes, on our fifth we set. Did. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the key: is that it was on the fifth set that we weren't <laughs> yeah. up to that. Yeah. So anyway. Did this all go back to the guy that said you can't get away? You can kill yourself. Tell that guy to put a thousand pounds on the leg press. <laughs> you can kill yourself, create the environment, the metabolic environment to grow muscle, maintain muscle, build your extreme physique, and it doesn't have to be two hours wandering around the gym. So to whomever asked the question that Jason picked up on, was it the Facebook? It was in the Facebook in group, the Facebook I think. Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, figure it out. And maybe it's backing off on the volume, raising the intensity, which give you the ability to have more time to sleep. But uh, whatever you do, find it because recap, the two most important things you can do that to, to be anabolic are eat and sleep. So well, when you hit a big group, say you did a nasty leg day the day before, there's nothing wrong with taking the next day off. If you physically feel like you cannot make it, you know, if you did arms, get your ass to the gym, right? You know, but if you did a huge muscle group and you went to failure and you feel like you just completely shot that day then take an extra rest day it's okay um i did uh, i was perusing through youtube the other night after doing online workouts and there was a video that a guy did that i'd never seen before about dorian yates and he's my he's my favorite bodybuilder of all time because of his intensity and his just just blue collar gritty work ethic that he had and they were going through some of his journals because dorian yates which i'm still fascinated by this he wrote down everything he did in the gym and everything he ate for every year of his entire Olympia run wow. through six Olympias and most of what he did like before he even won the Olympia, like for like the this show called a Grand Prix that he did and other shows, uh, the, the British Grand Prix and to, when he won um, nationals in Great Britain and all that. But he wrote everything down. And what I thought was was really cool is he was a very high intensity guy. And he, uh, the dude doing the video, I, I'd give him credit, but I forget off the top of my head who it was, but he showed where Dorian would say in his notes, something to the effect of yesterday's back workout, you know, total killer, not quite feeling it today. I'm not my best taking today off. Mm-hmm. And then he would push it to the next day. You know, and this is six time Mr. Olympia, the guy that's known for being super high intensity, the most incredible work ethic. You know, I'd say probably him and Ronnie Coleman oh, yeah. of, of all time. And he's and you know, I believe that. And, you know, there, there are times where, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing if 
you guys showed up on a Friday. There has been there times has been where times, we said, yeah. fuck it, and we drank yeah. whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's happened a couple times. Because yeah. in case you didn't know, whiskey is phenomenal for recovery. Not we, really, but uh, anyway. <laughs> whiskey and Advil. Whiskey and Advil, that's my formula. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, whiskey and ibuprofen, that's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, when in doubt, take the day off and go hard the next day. I had a client today, and uh, she said, I have not slept She's a physician. She's just works her ass off and she's a phenomenal client. And for this woman to miss a workout is unusual. And she says, I haven't slept in two days, blah, blah, blah. And I said, whoa, don't do shit today. Mm -hmm. I said, take today off, take tomorrow off, Mm -hmm. catch up on your sleep, get some rest, recover. It's critical. And I think she's going to come back stronger and feel better. And it's going to be the best thing she could have done. So anyway, um, what else? Is there other questions? Well, one thing I want to bring up. There's a bunch of questions. There's a bunch. Let me bring up this one thing. And this this lets me do a plug. We plug the new Telegram uh, group. Um, I've got a new Instagram account. Uh, For those of you who are tired of seeing me post about stupid shit on my personal account, there is now the ketogenic bodybuilding Instagram account that I literally started earlier just this week. It's, It's brand new. And it is all training nutrition, all of it. That's all it is. I promise the whole thing will be nothing but training and nutrition. So today uh, I I threw up one of my core ideologies. Um, If you go to my website, robgoodwin.com and and look under all kind of like the extra stuff up at the top, many of you have like well over 10,000 downloads now where you can download the ketogenic bodybuilding rules of engagement, which is basically just my ideology uh, of training and nutrition. And one of those, you know, prime directives, as I call it, uh, that I always repeat is keto is about low carb, not high fat. And if you've been around any length of time, you've probably heard me say that a dozen or so times. I don't have to eat butter? You don't have to eat butter. Oh, okay. And And you don't have to drink it in your coffee either. Okay. So I put that up there today and, and you know, most people would agree. And, uh, but I do get a comment that uh, says that uh, accuses me that that statement is misinformation, which is fine, which is fine. I, I, I appreciate anybody that wants to like, you know, call me out on something and give me the opportunity to explain myself. And this is how we learn things. So I do appreciate that. And I said, actually, no, that's not. It's actually a fact. And then I went on to, I'm not going to read what I put. I'll just explain it. But what people have to understand is, is we get caught up into this world that if you're doing a ketogenic diet, it's about, you know, drinking fat, chugging fat, you know, sucking butter, putting sticks of butter in your coffee and eating plates of fat back and, you know, just, (laughs) you know, doing shots of olive oil. And while there can be a place for all of these foods, you know, to a degree, if it's according to whatever macros have been assigned to you based on whatever your goals are at the time, what you have to understand is this, it's, I guess it's easy to expect people to fall into that trap thinking, because we've kind of had it drilled into our heads, keto is about, it's a high fat diet. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be. What do I mean? If you, if the goal is to get into ketosis, which I've always said the goal is not to be in ketosis 100% of the time. The goal is to develop metabolic flexibility so you can dip in and out of ketosis as your body requires it to produce energy for the body, specifically the brain, the organs, and to give yourself the raw materials for energy when you're in a carb depleted state. So to have that flexibility to switch on and off, almost like if you had a car that runs on gas and if you need it to, to switch over to electricity to be more efficient in certain environments or whatever. Think of it the same way. So the thing is, and, and there's an easy way to explain this, to say that you need to eat fat to enter ketosis is actually kind of ridiculous. Think of it this way, you know, ketones are produced in the absence of glucose. When you deprive the body of glucose, which comes from carbohydrate, then the body produces ketones to supply the body with working energy to fuel primarily at first the brain. The brain cannot run on fat. It can only run on glucose or ketones. So either one works fine. So the body is very, very intelligent. So to say that you have to eat fat to get into ketosis makes no sense. Look at it this way. You know, there's two ways you can get into ketosis. The reduction of glucose, taking your carbs low, or starvation. Mm -hmm. If I, you know, I'll guarantee you, 
every concentration camp victim in World War II was in extreme ketosis. They were all starving to death, sadly. So if I tell you not to eat, if I tell you to fast for three days, eat nothing but drinking water, you're going to reach dietary ketosis fairly quickly. You didn't eat a damn ounce of fat. You're still in ketosis. Right. It's the absence of carbohydrate that gets you into ketosis, not the addition of fat. You just take in fat as a clean burning energy source to replace the carbohydrate that you've excluded. And some would agree, like myself, that um, you know fat is a nice, clean burning, consistent energy source to get you through the day. And then what I do is I use carbohydrate as a useful tool, like right before the workout or on that refeed day. And Caleb has really seen the benefits of refeeds. And the, we have a couple questions about that. So you found that adding the refeed in has really helped you with your progress. Yeah, I think that I started dropping the weight even faster, adding the refeeds in. And I feel like, I mean, I've what's been crazy for me is like, even with the dieting and everything else with the, you know, because I, I would say I'm on a very... Um, as close to keto, but not keto kind of diet, you know, because I don't, I'm not like, I'm not the kind of person that's counting macros and, and everything else. I just kind of know what to, what to put in my mouth and what not to put in my mouth. I'm very high protein, you know, really more carnivore, if anything, right? And, and not really taking in a lot of fats at all. Um, but on my refeed days, I mean, I'm pretty much eating anything, which is usually on Sunday for both meals on Sunday. I'll just eat, you know. Rice, pizzas, whatever it might be, and then Monday I come in feeling jacked, and then I go straight back right. to strict. Like you know, I, I pretty much only eat eggs for lunch. I saw somebody ask a question about is there effect of eating too much eggs? I have eaten so many eggs <laughs> since Black Friday, and I feel and I feel great. So I don't I don't think that there is any kind of effect to uh, you and know more of that than me. But I don't think you can eat too many eggs. No, if you're eating too many eggs, I mean literally, I. That's so many eggs. I have no idea what amount that would what be. What number that is? Hundreds of <laughs> eggs to make you sick. Yeah. But but the refeed has definitely, it's helped me. I think it's helped me on my lifts, getting stronger, every, everything. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, so. I think refeeds work. I mean, obviously, I mean, that's basically the entire ideology of, of this brand is, you know, high protein, moderate fat, low carb. And then we use carbohydrate as a, you know, as a specific tool at certain times, you know, you have the, the toolbox at home and you got a screwdriver and you got a hammer and you're using that shit all the time. You're, you know, those are the things you use all the time, but you also get that one, you know, weird ass fucking wrench that works on two, two or three things in the house. And you pull that thing out three times a year. But if you didn't have that wrench, you'd be screwed. That's a Torx T8. That's right. It's a Torx T8. <laughs> Carbohydrate is like a Torx T8 for, for those of you out there. There's, there's one guy out there like, oh, I know what that means. That sounds a bitch and Torx. Yeah, I use that. That's good stuff. But um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tool that you use in the toolbox. So if I had a dime for every time one of my clients says, man, you know, I'm, I'm really feeling drained. I've been training my ass off. All of a sudden now the weight loss is stalled and I'll even do something as simple with I'll say to one of my, it might be six o'clock at night. I'll say, listen, here's what I want you to do tonight. Right before you go to bed, I want you to have two rice cakes loaded up with some peanut butter or some almond butter and drizzle some raw honey on top of it. Eat that and go to bed. Mm -hmm. First thing I say is, are you going to fucking mind? <laughs> if I eat that, I'm just going to get, no, trust me. And then the next morning, you know, they get that effect where they shuttle that carbohydrate into the muscle. It gets the machinery rolling again and it just, everything rolls back into place. And I see it with my own self. You know, I'll take in four to 600 grams of carbohydrates on a Sunday. I'll come into Monday feeling fantastic, go through, you know, the next five or six days, high protein, moderate fat, low carb. The only other carbohydrates I'm taking in is that 50 grams I've taken right before we train. And I will get lean as hell doing that. So does everybody else that tries it and does it properly. So refeeds work. Right. Sure. I, I have a buddy who, you know, he tried to, he's just doing like a, low calorie kind of mm -hmm. diet right now or whatever and we just went out to to eat together the other day and i literally had two meals like just of meat right yeah. <laughs> and i told him i, I said I, I want like double meat like teriyaki chicken that's what i that's what i wanted and this and my buddy was like all right double meat and they brought that and i ate it and i said bring me another one of those <laughs> and he goes he was like man how are you losing so much weight when you're not even 
like keeping track of what he said like you literally just just order something I'm like dude I don't know I'm like I just eat a crap ton of protein and that's it you and just, I'm like and I just drop it I don't, you just became Ron Swanson right I, I will have I that third steak you know, I'm worried what you heard was <laughs> I want some of your chicken yeah. in reality what I said is I want all of the chicken in this yeah. building you know what I think I will have that third steak now <laughs> no I mean at the same time I mean I am training hard too so as far as the calories go and everything else I mean I'm in here twice a day right and, and whatever but you know doing cardio in the morning and then lifting later but I mean, I just have never tracked macros or anything. I never did. I I never did. I I didn't feel the need to, honestly. I mean, I I can appreciate people who do that because they're probably very scientific and they want to know. Sure. Write down, you know, if if they're writing, you know, in competition mode, that kind of stuff. Sure. Absolutely track them. And if that helps you train, then do it 100%. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It all comes down to results. If you're dropping body fat and retaining muscle and you feel good not tracking and you just know your body and you you see what you eat you know, last the last podcast last week that I put out I talked about uh, repetition mm-hmm. is a good thing you know I used use the phrase repetition is the mother of skill you know so when you do things repetitively you get better at it and some you know I, I talked about it in the podcast people will complain oh it's so repetitive yeah well you know what you wanted the damn results you want things that work if you have a job and you do a series of things over and over again to be successful at that job, that's repetition. It's it's a good thing. You know, if you think good thoughts repetitively, good things happen. If you do good things repetitively, good things happen. So repetition is a good thing. So when I'm eating, I may track, like if I go into a new phase, like I'll go into a different phase of a cut for this competition. So I'll take two or three days, I'll track everything I eat, and it's going to be repetitive. Like meal one is going to be the same thing. And then I'll do meal two. That's usually going to be the same thing. And then meal three, roughly the same. And meal four is roughly the same. And then at home, you know, my wife and I and my daughter, we kind of rotate through the same four or five things every mm-hmm. week. I mean, most families do. Right. So once I see what those numbers look like based on two or three days, then I know if I keep that rough repetition going and I gauge how I feel, how I look in the mirror, all these things, I know I'm on the right track. And if things seem to stall, well, then I'll track a few more days. So, you know, if you want to track every single day, great. I think that's a great thing. And a lot of my clients do. And I encourage that. Whatever it takes for you to stay on track that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm just too lazy to track. I, I think that that's what my problem well, is. You, I think have, I, you just I, haven't got to that point. Like I said, you're kind of in the broad spectrum. Right. But, you know, when you get to the point where you're targeting, then yeah, absolutely. You, right. you'll, you'll do it. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll see it. And you'll be yeah, like, okay. Going for the I mean, because yeah. for right now, like for me, you know, it's like, I'm just going to eat a bunch of eggs and tuna and for, <laughs> for, for six days straight and then eat a pizza on Sunday and then eggs and tuna again. Right. And that's repetition again. So, Well, it's like um, I'm kind of looking at these questions on here as they correlate to the bullshit that we're just kind of randomly talking about. But um, Tina asks, how often should you do a refeed? I think most people should do it weekly. Hmm. If you're training your ass off, Mm -hmm. Tina does. I I train Tina. She works her ass off. So I think she's going to get great benefit from it. It's not about the, the, um, oh, how often so much as to what the numbers are. Mm -hmm. So if somebody refeeds with, you know, 400 grams of carbohydrate and, you know, some of that spills over and you're not getting the desired effect, then dial it back a hundred grams, you know, find what works for you and move on. I've, you know, we, we talked about that after each competition, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be so depleted and then I'd, I'd carb up before the show. And then after the show, I would just eat everything that wasn't nailed down, you know, a lot of carbs, a lot of whatever I wanted. Right. And I remember the last time back in 19, you know, hell, I, I you know, won my class, I won the open. And then starting that Sunday, whatever passed in front of me, I ate it. You know, and I did not see a change in my physique until that following Thursday. Mm -hmm. And I think I even said it started to spill over on Thursday. So, you know, Sunday after the show, I looked like I was carved out of wood. Monday still looked great. Tuesday, whatever. And then finally started to see it change a little bit. And then by Thursday, I was like, okay, here here they come. (laughs) (laughs) Things are getting back to normal now. Yeah. So, you know, you got to find the number that works for you. So how often should you do a refeed? You know, unless you're hypersensitive to carbohydrate, I literally have clients and it usually ends up being women that need to do a fat refeed. Mm. I've had that happen before. I've had women do, I'll, I'll say, you know, do 120 grams of carbs 
and they'll, you know, message me the next day and they feel like they're fucking dying. They just feel terrible, right? lethargic, upset stomach, you know, you know, gastric issues, all these things. And then, you know, I've, I've tried a fat refeed. I'll say, okay, double your, I'll take your fat grams. Let's double that. Let's add some fat. And they'll say, oh, that did the trick. I feel phenomenal. So everybody's a little different. You just have to find out works for you. Um, let's see, Nathan, back to workouts. He said you keep your workouts short and laser focused. I'd say we do that, right? I'll say yeah. that. Um, how many sets or movements per body part? Well, it depends. It, it depends. So like today we, we, I, I wanted to do my 120, you know, thing on the leg press. So that was four sets on the leg press. And then Ryan said, fuck it, let's do a drop set. So we did it. it, it to me, it wasn't necessarily about the number of sets. It was about keeping that intensity high mm-hmm. and just ripping it apart. Now, if we'd have done those, which essentially ended up being five sets, the four sets plus the drop set, and then, okay, well, we've only been doing this for 40 minutes, so let's go do split squats, and then let's go do lunges, and then let's go do... Uh, RDLs and let's go, you know, then that's when I think it becomes a problem because, you know, you're getting to a point now where you're just creating a deeper inroad to recovery when you've already stimulated the growth. Mm-hmm. Now go feed it and rest it when, when, so. And we changed that weekly. I mean, or actually even daily, we came in like, Hey, let's, let's do a hundred today. Let's do a hundred of everything and, you know, knock it out, keep it intense. Then maybe the next day we, you know, do a different body part, heavy and low rep. Right. And I I think the the key to all this is, is the duration is always around that hour. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're we're keeping it varied and very, very intense. I think the constant in our workouts is always intensity. That's no secret. I mean, that's why I preach intensity. That's all we talk about is intensity, intensity, go to failure, intensity. And I think the fact that we keep it under that hour most of the time, I think that's kind of that that's the formula. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you work your ass off on the body parts, vary it, should be big, heavy compound movements, and then we throw in some sort of a high intensity, you know, whatever you want to call it at the end, where okay, let's do a, we've done chest and triceps, and then we'll say let's finish with a hundred press downs, rest pause. Mm-hmm. Well, there's intensity there, you know, because we we don't do a hundred reps with easy weight right. to get up pump because pumps don't mean shit we do 100 reps to where we'll choose a weight to where after 12 or 15 we're fried and then we go into our rotation you know he does his 15 he's dying and then you know i'll be standing there thinking my triceps are smoked and then jay will say you're up already okay then i do another 15 and then we just keep doing this rotation until we get 100 and when you're done and then sometimes we're like, okay, rack push-ups, you know, mm-hmm. after the 15 to failure. So the intensity is super high. You're definitely stimulating growth, but we haven't been in the gym three fucking hours right. to the point where we're creating a deep inroad to recovery and short-circuiting the growth process or, or make it to where you'd have to take two weeks fucking off in order to get the result that you're looking for, right? <laughs> yeah, So just to be able to train the next just time. To be able to, exactly. <clears throat> so what's your take on PB2? Just eat peanut butter. Okay, next. Uh, <laughs> That's the same thing with the protein one. <laughs> eat a steak. <laughs> if you absolutely can't get protein, a, a shake's fine, but eat a steak. You just eat a steak. What's your take on PB2? Steak. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Put peanut butter on your steak. <laughs> um, I have less strength on my right arm. I am left-handed. How do you balance and achieve same strength on both arms and legs? Just keep training. Uh, it will balance out. It always does. Um, if anybody tells you otherwise, I, I always get irritated when somebody says, oh, just do more with the weak arm. Then no, that it, that's not the way it works. Everybody's going to have a stronger side and a weaker side. I think unilateral movements definitely are important. And I do a ton of unilateral movements with clients. We do a lot of dumbbell work. Um, we probably do more unilateral work than we do bilateral barbell work. So don't worry about the weakness. Just do the best you can, and it will balance out. And that's that's definitely my answer with that. So, it says when does this podcast get released? When I fucking say it does. All right. Um, 
<laughs> Actually, when I say it does. Yeah, whenever Jay. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty aggressive hey. for the guy that doesn't even put it out. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little messed up trying to be cool right there. <laughs> um, actually, uh, Jason does upload the podcast. I mix the damn thing, yeah, so I do a little I, bit of work. You do all the work. I just do the fun and stuff. And I and I send him the final podcast, and he you know hits all the levers and buttons and gets it up on all of the major platforms. So. Whenever he says it comes out, it's up to him. So, uh, let's see. God, Jerome did ask a lot of questions, didn't he? I'm gonna have to have the, the Jerome Walker podcast just to answer his 37 questions. Um, ice for extreme soreness, yay or nay? Does it impede recovery? Should it be avoided? No, it does not impede recovery. If you it, can do it, all all the ice is a good thing. If you're a big enough dumbass to lay in a bucket full of ice, <laughs> I say go for it. And I'm only saying that because I am a big pussy when it comes to ice baths. <laughs> I wish I was man enough to do that shit, but I'm not. I've done that once and I said never again. Yeah. Uh, no, there's absolutely nothing that impedes recovery with ice baths. One of my favorite ice bath stories of all time. We have an ice bath story. <laughs> Listen, this is, this is the best ice baths are the key to the fastest recovery. I'm confident of it. <laughs> but we used to, I remember after football games, you know, the next day you come in, you have film. And uh, so we we come in this Saturday and we're having film and uh, everybody's just super sore. And Landon, who was just, I played with the, who was just center of Alabama's football team, mm -hmm. just won the national championship. He had really bad knees. And uh, so <laughs> to get to get him iced, we would fill a entire like an entire trash can like the kind that you put outside of like right, your yeah. house for mm -hmm. the dump to come pick up we would fill it with water and ice and he would get inside of it in his underwear <sighs> and sit in it the entire film wow while we wow. said and his body would come out like pale yeah because he was but his legs hurt so bad he would have to do it so after that started working for him all the football players used to have to do that. We we had literally 50 trash cans in a film room, and we would all have to get an ice bath in a trash can. <laughs> it was the worst thing ever. I tried it, but I, I can't do it. It's horrible. It's the it's worst terrible. thing ever. But it does work. And, yeah, I, I think a good idea is, you know, initially hit that ice bath if that's your thing. And then once you do that, then, uh, then you can move into the more pleasurable things like a hot Epsom salt bath, you know. And a steak. With a steak and a nice fine scotch. Oh, yeah. And Can't beat that. And your best gal or guy, whatever you're into. <laughs> steak baths. <laughs> steak baths. <laughs> we recommend shirt. steak baths. <laughs> Eat your steak in the bath. There, I think a picture of myself in a bubble bath gnawing on a raw steak might be the way to go for our new line of t-shirts. Can we send that to a vegan group chat? <laughs> Please. KGB. <laughs> Just you with like some bubbles around in a raw steak. That sounds wonderful. Uh, ways to boost test naturally would like to hear more on the benefits of deadlifts being it's one of my faves. Steak is how Steak you boost test and naturally. Sleep. <laughs> Food and sleep and deadlifts are great. Any big compound movement paired with lots of good fats and protein are going to boost test. But what gets lost with a lot of people and this is really going to ruin Jason's day. <laughs> if you want to boost test, yes, you lift heavy weights, eat steak and eggs. End of story. And good healthy oils also have been proven to boost testosterone, like your omega-3 oils and even some saturated oils like coconut oil. But your mainstays are going to be your red meats, your eggs, and things like that. And uh, um, what didn't did we already bring up? Somebody want to know? Can you eat too much eggs? Yeah, yeah I talked about that. Yeah, that, that's no, not a thing. Eat no. all the eggs. Eat all the eggs. As many as you can eat. As many as you can eat, eat all of them. But no, that's how you boost testosterone. Uh, but the other thing is, is you have to be careful what can detract or lower testosterone levels. And that's obviously eating junk food, processed food, and too much alcohol. Oh, see, that's the, oh, that's a <laughs> Deal bad, breaker. Yeah. <laughs> you had me to alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> He'll just be puny. Um, so you'll yeah. never have big biceps. <laughs> Not with all that liquor. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> big biceps. <laughs> Trying to get Ramses arms. I was waiting for the Nacho Libre references to come into this podcast. I was so disappointed that they hadn't made it till just now. But uh, <laughs> but uh, Ramses has the biggest arms. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's how you boost test. And, yeah, deadlifts are great. 
I, I have to back away from them now because I'm old and tired. Uh, and I want to make sure that I don't blow my lower back out, uh, especially in a contest prep. So uh, if I, for me personally, it's easier on my back to do rack pulls. And uh, so we should probably play with those uh, a little more than we do. But deadlifts are fantastic. Any heavy lift, any like, you know, squats, leg presses, deadlifts, you know, you know, any heavy compound movement, especially taken to failure, you know, combined with uh, a good diet of healthy proteins and healthy fats is going to help you boost testosterone. So that's for sure. Um, that's, let's see, performance enhancing drugs and keto. If that's your thing, you know, I mean, <laughs> if you can get them, good for you. Yeah, if you can get them, uh, you know, uh, on record, if, that's a personal decision. If you want to take performance enhancing drugs and you have a physician or somebody who's extremely knowledgeable and reputable and you know that it's, you know, the real deal and you're not just, you know, having, you know, Mick in the alley, you know, stick a needle in your ass, <laughs> uh, whatever your thing is, that's fine. But it, it doesn't, you know, keto it's not a keto or non-keto thing. If you're, right. you know, eating adequate calories and ample protein and lifting hard and, you know, PEDs is your thing. Sure, it's going to work if you're training your ass off and you do it right. But mm, uh, train and stake. Train and stake, I guess, if that's your thing. So yeah, um, that's not not an excuse to slack off in the gym, though. No, I have met so many people that were juicing and looked like dog shit. Mm -hmm. It would blow your mind. And you guys have too. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 100%. And, oh, that takes, there's, I, I don't know if it was on Telegram or was it Instagram? Somebody wanted to know, can you compete? Was it, oh, yeah. Was it, was it an uh, NPC show or a national? I think that was Instagram. Um, can you compete? Somebody asked about competing like all natural and everything else, and they were saying like where they should compete or, or something like that. Okay, I, it was uh, okay. Do you su suggest uh, natties or people who are natural compete in untested shows? What can they do to have a chance on putting on a good showing? I can't even count the number of people that I have known who have competed natural in an untested show and done phenomenal. I've known people who've won the class because you know what they did? They took their great genetics and they worked their asses off. I know a few of those in this room. <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely. I mean, if you have the work ethic and the drive and the genetics, you need to use that as a driver to, to, you know, God, the, was it 2018? God, the guy next to me was just so beat to death from years of abuse. He had the big distended gut and all these. A super nice dude, but I'm like, man, you know, how about you back off a little on that and train a little harder mm -hmm. and, and, and you go a lot farther. I say use it as, as, as drive. You know, use it as, you know, a, a way to say, hey, I'm going to outwork everybody in the room. And that's always been my stance is just outwork everybody and train your ass off and Nobody ever wants to hear it, but genetics plays a huge role. If you've got the genetics to put on mass easily and if you have the work ethic to lean it out, you damn right. You stand up there and you compete with whoever you want to compete against. You know, don't don't let the criteria of how they bring people up there sway you. So right. it, it, And it's always, I mean anybody who's winning anything is only because they're training harder than the next guy. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the only reason that they're winning. Even, even though the guys in, you know, whatever the pros, whatever they're on training, whatever, that doesn't just mean that, Oh, I, I take steroids and now I can just train every other day or, you know, whatever else. And I'm going to look like this, you know, those guys are in the gym busting it. Oh yeah. Right. Right. So, you know, don't let anything sway you from your goal. You stand up there. You you bring the best possible version of you that you can possibly bring, and you be proud of that because, you know, absolutely you can compete. Now, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not an idiot. When you get to the higher levels, you know, the pros, every one of those people is enhanced. But again, that's not to say they don't kill themselves. Mm -hmm. I, I've been around and trained with IFBB pros. Not for one second am I going to take anything away from their work ethic or, or what they do. These guys are the best of the best 
They outwork everybody. They kill themselves. They diet to death and they put in the work. It's not drugs. I mean, what, 10, 15% might be juice? I don't know. Um, But, you know, you got to put in the work and the G word that nobody wants to hear. Nobody. Genetics. Fucking genetics. I told the story, if if you can sit through episode one, where I <laughs> talked about myself, you know, and I, and I, I need to get Melvin on the show. I didn't have an, any idea what a steroid was. I, I didn't have a clue. I just started training. I loved it. I fell in love with it. And I killed myself. And I responded really, really fast. And people around me said, Jesus Christ, what are you doing? And I said, I'm killing myself and eating all the food. (laughs) And that's all I did. And I was a good listener and I had great genetics. I mean, at that time, you know, my mother's nearly 70 years old now, but when my mother was 40, I mean, she's, you know, German Scottish descent and had these giant fucking legs and these huge ass calves and, you know, was built like a linebacker and, you know, Several members of my family are the same way, and I got those genetics. So I got lucky. I was a big, you know, 11 pound baby with broad shoulders, and, uh, you know, I came out of the womb like that. And when I put in the work and ate 10,000 calories and said, okay, my training partner says, don't drink alcohol. So I stopped drinking. My training partner says, don't eat this. So I stopped eating that. Then my training partner said, eat 10,000 calories of, you know, meat and rice. So I did, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and the rest is history. And that, that's how I did that. So work your ass off, you know, be the best version of you you can be and don't let anybody tell you you can't compete with anybody because that, that's what we do. Absolutely. God, I know so many people that have placed top three and never put anything in their body like that. So, all right. Is there anything else we want to say before we wrap this up? It's been, I'm trying to keep these things at an hour these days, so. I don't think so. Thanks for having us. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was fun. Good being on the podcast. To be <laughs> yeah, no, you guys are now. You guys will be world famous. Wow, world famous. You walk into Bojangles, everybody's going to want your autograph now. <laughs> you're that. You're that guy. Hey, you're the Jack Bodybuilder. Yeah, guy on the podcast. That's a guy that eats all the eggs right there. Yeah, that's <laughs> the egg that's, guy. That's, that's the guy that said. There's no such thing as too many eggs. And they're going to look at Jason and say, you're the drunk, right? Yeah. (laughs) I'm not a drunk. I just enjoy alcohol occasionally. (laughs) Okay. We'll leave that there. (laughs) Um, But no, if you guys enjoyed this, let me know. Uh, I had a blast. So the pressure was off me and I enjoyed having my workout partners on here today and having some fun with that. And this awesome special edition of the ketogenic bodybuilding podcast, jump on the new KGB Instagram it's easy to find. Just search ketogenic. It's at ketogenic bodybuilding. Uh, the Telegram group is cranking. So jump in there. If you're not a member of the Facebook group, definitely look for that and join. We've got 10,000 strong in there mixing it up. And uh, anything else? The community. Oh, yeah. KGBcommunity.com. We have our own censorship free community. It's a old, like just a message board forum where people can get in there and uh, mix it up and ask questions. I got a, there's some questions I got thrown in there today. I need to get on tonight and answer. So thank you so much for being a part of that. So chess tomorrow, guys, right? Uh, we're here. So chess now we day. go eat steak and sleep. Right. Yep. Take a nap. And uh, maybe you guys can come do this again with me sometime. Sure. I'd love to have of you course. back. All right. All right, guys. Everybody say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. See ya.